You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, a hump day edition of Locked On Pelicans. And guess what? As I said in Monday's episode, it is Will Guillory week of The Athletic here on the show. We're going to continue the interview with him, part two, diving into a number of other different topics with the team. We're going to look at some of the Lakers guys, some X's and O's type stuff as well that I'm really excited to get into. And it's the summer. It's hot out. Pretty damn hot, right? Especially in New Orleans in July and August. And I said, give me your hot takes, Well, we're going to play some of them here, and if you want your hot take on the show, dial into the Locked On Pelicans line, 504-321-0448. We're going to play some of the best ones here on the show. I've got some for you today, and we'll take a look and talk about those as well before getting into the interview. So look, let's just get scorching in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Hey, Jake, this is Garrett. I'm in out here. I love the show. Listen to everyone you put out. My take for the year is that the Pelicans will finish with a better record than the Lakers, and Drew Holiday will have more MVP votes than Anthony Davis. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Uh, Hope to hear this uh, soon. Garrett, thanks for calling in. And of course, again, the hot take line is we're calling it right now is 504-321-0448. That is certainly a hot take. And what we're looking for, it's the summer. Give me your opinions. What's the strongest one you've got? And we'll have some fun with these. Vegas doesn't agree with you. They've got the Lakers winning more games at the over-under than the Pelicans do. Pelicans are at 38 and a half. So right now a sub-500 record. And you've heard David Griffin try and walk back some of the expectations for this team a little bit recently. But this is a two-parter, and that's what's kind of interesting about it. Drew Holiday, according to David Griffin, kind of has some MVP caliber stuff in him. Uh, I don't know if we'll necessarily see that. I think that's a bit of a jump. But he's certainly starting to kind of come into his own as a player, not that he hasn't been good, but maybe in terms of respect around the league. He's no longer that underrated guy, the guy that is really good that no one's talking about. He's in the conversation. Back-to-back All-NBA defense seasons will certainly do that for you. And now he gets to be the man offensively, and we've seen at times what he's capable of doing with that. It's pretty good. I don't know if he can keep up that level of defense all year with that type of offensive load, but we will see. But put it this way, if the Lakers don't finish with a better record than the Pelicans and the Pelicans finish with a better record than the Lakers, if we're not using passive voice here, I guess, well then, yeah, Holiday's going to maybe get more votes than Anthony Davis. That Lakers team better be good because of the expectations around a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Otherwise, they're going to take the brunt of this. LeBron and AD, that's all they needed, right? That's what makes them a title contender. That's what Vegas set the over-under in terms of wins out with them. Well, 
They don't live up to that. You don't get MVP votes. You're going to need to have a really good year and a really good team record-wise year in order to get to that. That is a lot of pressure out there in L.A. And while I think they're going to be good and they easily could be better than the Pelicans because you're in, you're putting so many new guys in key roles in this Pelicans roster, whereas not as much with the Lakers. You still have LeBron and he and AD are going to get you very far, making the, all those other new guys that they added less important you know if they don't well the pelicans are going to look pretty good here and holiday is going to get a lot of attention league-wide particularly if he leads this team in scoring and zion doesn't impress as much as maybe we were hoping for him to do so as a rookie so there is a very good chance that holiday ends up with more mvp votes and that the pelicans finish with a better record than the lakers do but i'm going to play you another hot take from a dude who did not leave his name or where he's from because i don't know if that means he's not confident in this take or just screw it this is what he feels and he doesn't need anything attached to it so let me play you what that one is that still concerns the los angeles lakers hot take it's ready Lakers won't make it past the first round of playoffs. Book it. Let's dance. Um, yeah, that is a, certainly a hot take, as he says in the beginning there. And no, maybe I wasn't ready for that. Lakers not making the playoffs. There's a chance. I'd say, and it's injuries, which is the great equalizer in terms of everything. We've seen AD miss a lot of games, so he's been healthier than he really ever has been. And if you're going to say, and you defended him, most of you, don't lie to me here about this, saying he wasn't injury prone, well, you can't all of a sudden, now that he's not on the team, just be like, the dude's injury prone. LeBron, despite missing that significant stretch of games last year, it's the only time it's happened in his career Looking at his career and the longevity and the greatness that he's been, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt till that happens in back-to-back years. I'm not going to say he's he's aging, he's past his prime, or he's going to miss a lot of games because that is just not the data that we have. It could happen, certainly. I don't know if I want to bet on that side of things. But if they miss a ton of games together... Yeah, that's going to really hurt that team. You're not looking at Rondo and Cousins to carry you. We've seen that here in New Orleans. It didn't go well when those two were on the court at the same time. So injuries, if they do hit LeBron, if they do hit AD, that team might be on the outside looking in with how competitive the Western Conference could be. So there's a chance. I'm not going to go book it. I will say let's dance, though. And hey, again, if you want to give your hot take on the podcast, 504-321-0448. So before we get to part two of our conversation here at Locked on Pelicans of Will Guillory Week of The Athletic, support for Locked on Pelicans comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have even seen him on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off at manscaped.com with promo code locked on. So as I said, it's still Will Guillory week here on Locked on Pelicans. Give him a follow at Will Guillory on Twitter and please subscribe to The Athletic. Truly, it is an excellent source for all your sports coverage. They've got excellent Saints coverage. Obviously, Will does an awesome job with the Pelicans. Well worth the subscription. I'll be honest, I was skeptical at first. I subscribed when Will got hired actually using his promo code with it all. And I've been converted. I'm not going to give up that subscription whatsoever. That is the first place I check for any sports news, basically 
definitely now in the morning. So let's keep it going with Will, talking some X's and O's, JJ Reddick, Derek Favors, and let's take a look at a lot of, at all of the Los Angeles Lakers players that came over in the trade and he's expecting out of them next season. We know this team wants to play in transition and run, and even when you look at the fastest paced teams in the league, it's about a quarter of your offense. So it's not like the majority of it's going to be coming in transition. Dribble handoffs have been pretty popular around the NBA the past couple of years, and it seems like this team's kind of built to incorporate a lot more of that in their half-court sets. Is that something you see them using more often, particularly with a guy like J.J. Redick potentially? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was going to say. I mean, J.J. Redick was the number one dribble handoff guy in the NBA last yep. year. I mean, if you look at the numbers, he's like – he hit twice as many shots as anybody else last year in dribble handoffs, and I think we're going to see a ton of that with him and Derek Favors, him and Jaleel Okafor, even him and Zion, and I think hey, Drew Holiday is another guy who's very good in dribble handoff action. I think we're going to see a ton of that with Lonzo Ball, I think is another guy you can throw in there. I think that's going to be a way they're going to be able to, you know, leverage you know, some really so a lot of rules to the rim, you know, maybe, you know, figure out some of that spacing stuff where it's not necessarily spread pick and roll, but more dribble handoff. And if you want to give guys space, we see this a lot with Golden State. Well, if you want to have a guy sag off a of Draymond, well, they'll just give it to Draymond and run a dribble handoff. And yep. they'll kind of make you make the decision from there. And I think we're going to see that with Zion Williamson. We're going to see that with Derek Favors. And I think uh, that's something that's going to be a really big part of this offense. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see, especially J.J. Redick, how much they can use that with him and Zion Williamson. Because you've got to think, uh, man, there's just those dribble handoff actions where you send two people at J.J. Redick, he drops off to Zion, and then he's doing like a 360 dunk or something in the lane. I think we're going to see that <laughs> a lot next year. Well, it's like the, the court gravity some of these guys have, whether it's Redick on the perimeter or maybe Zion down low or even kind of like an inverse of court gravity with maybe a guy like Lonzo Ball where no one respects his perimeter shot whatsoever. And we saw the Pelicans do this to him last year where, what, he was like 3 of 15 or something, I think, um, mm-hmm. launching threes because they just sagged off if you you can use that though there's a way that if you get a guy to sag off of him it can kind of create others if you do that dribble handoff because all of a sudden now maybe he's the one that hands it off to a guy like JJ Redick and Redick's going to have a ton of space because that defender on Lonzo Ball I think is already sagging off so there there's a lot like if you kind of like the film and the X's and O's this is going to be a really intriguing team to watch next year and there's certainly going to be a lot of fun and you mentioned favors and you wrote about him recently this is a guy, we all know what he can do defensively. The rebounding, he's now moving to his natural position of the five. But this is a guy they see who can do some really great things in the offense. And if you look at the film and some of the numbers on him too, the tracking data that's out there, he could really thrive in this Alvin Gentry system. Yeah, absolutely. I think seeing him run pick and roll with Drew Holiday, I think that's going to be something where they're just going to constantly get good offense out of that because I think Derek Favors is a guy that's comfortable going to short roll, catching it at the free throw line, kicking it to the uh, opposite corner. Uh, we already know he's a great finisher around the rim, both hands. He'll dunk on somebody. And I think he, he's just really smart in the way he plays. And we know Drew Holiday is one of the best pick-and-roll guards in the league. And I think a big thing for Favors is just, just like you said, being in the offense where he's going to constantly be used in his strength. And I think uh, a big part – for him in Utah was that he was still so effective when he was playing out of position a lot of the time. And he was being used in a way that doesn't necessarily fit what he does best. And I think with that guy, you know, being in the paint all the time and being able to just catch those pick and roll, you know, one step finish at the hoop. uh, I think he's one of the better bigs in the league. 
in that action. And I think he's going to be really comfortable in this offense. And I think playing in an up-tempo system, I think is going to be really interesting for him, something he's never done before. You know, Utah, they're traditionally one of the slower teams in the league. They sped it up a little bit last year, uh, but I think it's going to be something completely new for him. And maybe we'll see a little bit more of his athleticism that we saw. Because when he came out of college, he was considered, you know, a super athlete at the center position, obviously. You know, he's deeper into his career, but I think he's going to be very comfortable playing in the open court and getting some, you know, some of these kickout passes from Lonzo Ball or, you know, throw heads. And I think we're going to see him uh, scoring a lot more than we did in Utah. Yeah, you know, if you pull the tracking data, it, him in transition, he ranks in like the top 80 percentile of everything. I forget the exact number. It's very, very limited minutes. So who knows if he can do that on a consistent basis. But that's got to at least be encouraging that this is a guy who might be able to get out and run with these te- uh, with the rest of these guys a little bit. And there's so much just athleticism top to bottom that, yeah, almost anyone can kind of be leading the fast break uh, with with this roster, with everything. So what do you see about the Los Angeles guys coming over the role for, well, let's start, we can start with Lonzo Ball, because I think that's the guy that fans are most intrigued by, partially because of his dad, who's probably not going to be around as much <laughs> this year. Um, but, you know, he seems to have a lot of potential defensively. He and Holiday really fit well in the backcourt, but this is a guy who's dealt with injuries. He hasn't played 100 NBA games just yet. How do you see him fitting into this offense, and what are you, how are they going to plan on using him defensively? Yeah, I really love the fit with Drew and Lonzo. I think those guys, two guys are going to complement each other really well. I think Lonzo obviously has a lot of work to do with his jump shot. Uh, just being a, a better overall half-court player, I think is going to be important for him this season because we know, you know, in the games, the ball's going to be in Drew Holiday's game. That he's going to be the guy that determines, you know, where this team goes most nights. And I think Lonzo is going to have to figure out how to be effective when he's off the ball to, you know, to make other guys better. But I think in this system with the way Alvin Gentry plays, I think it's going to fit into Lonzo's skill set perfectly. We know how good he is in transition. We know how much he loves to get other guys involved. And I think him being the point guy leading the fast break so often for this team is also a defensive rebounder. I think that's something they were hoping to get out of Alfred Payton last year as a guy who can get the defensive rebound and then begin the transition. I think we know Lonzo is a guy that's one of the best in the league at the point guard position at doing that. So I think that's something the team's really excited about as well. Uh, But I think just the really important thing for Lonzo, just like I said, is getting better with that three-point shot, just being a better overall offensive player and the health. I think that's the the, the big thing that's kind of hurt him in his first two seasons. He's kind of always dealing with some type of knickknack injury. And Aaron Nelson, we're going to bring his name up one more time with that open. He can make a big impact on Lonzo Ball making sure that ankle's right, getting him back, you know, healthy this offseason. And just I think if he can stay healthy for a long stretch of time, I think him and Drew are going to fit together really well. And I think I'm excited about the way those two guys can play, especially on the defensive end, the way they can hound the ball. I don't think any other team in the league has anything like those two guys. No, and you and you heard David Griffin say it recently that they want guys who they think maybe a lot of their offense comes from the defense because they do want to play in transition and run in the fast break. And you need a, what's his line? Possession enders is that what a, the right phrase there that he's used a bunch? And Ball's one of those guys that can do it, whether it's a defensive rebound, whether it's a steal, and can help get out and run with this team and lead them that way. I'm I'm of a big belief that he's a guy whose free throw shooting really does limit him, and I think it limits his aggressiveness because he's sub. 
50 percent from there he doesn't seem like he wants to attack a lot of the time and so anything easy offense playing alongside drew whatever it's going to be that builds up his confidence to attack i think there's a lot of uh, offensive potential there that's yet to be tapped into and they might be able to unlock this year yeah i agree and i think lazo is a guy you know He's not. We've seen him put up, you know, twenty point games in in his career. I think he's a guy that when he's he's feeling good, he'll go out and hit, you know, a couple three pointers. He'll get to the basket. I don't think it's a a Rondo situation where Rondo was like, if you got fifteen out of Rondo, it was a great night. You know, I think we'll see some big scoring nights out of Lonzo when he's feeling good. It's just a matter of how often is he is he playing with that level of confidence and is he scared to get to the basket like you said is he going to hesitate when he he can have those wide open three point opportunities and i think that's the big thing for him is just just playing with that ultimate confidence every night and playing with a guy like Drew Holiday who's going to encourage him to play we know Drew's super unselfish. He's going to allow everybody else to touch the ball. He's going to allow other guys to to run the offense for certain stretches of time. And I think just having that ultimate confidence for Lonzo is going to be really important and just being a guy that's not afraid to let it fly. And if he plays with that confidence, I think he can be a much better three-point shooter than we've seen in the past. Now, the free throw shooting is a major concern, and obviously his form is part of that. And he's got to get that thing together. And I I know my guy, Coach Freddie Vincent, is looking forward to getting in the lab with him (laughs) and getting that jump shot right but it's going to be a process but I think in this system I think we're going to see Lonzo Ball playing with a a much higher level of confidence than we've seen in the past so we're going to continue on with Will in just a minute here we're going to look at Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram as well but don't forget about the Locked On NBA podcast still Monday through Friday even during the offseason and on Monday they had NBA player and Locked On podcast analyst Trevor Booker on the Monday show on Locked On NBA he broke down the deals and left one team off of his title contender list that will surprise you and he's high on one team that no one really else is in the Western Conference Get it all over at the Locked On NBA podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. So continuing on our conversation with Will Guillory of The Athletic. Again, give him a follow on Twitter at Will Guillory. Subscribe to The Athletic as well. And let's take a look at Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram. What about Josh Hart? When you did your minutes rotation piece for the Athletic, he's not listed in there. That I'm not like we're not saying anything here with that. But you, you say oh, he's people still... were hot about that one. I... <laughs> people it's... were hot about that one. Look, good for you for doing this early. I've tried to kind of figure it out, and I'm just lost. I, I ended up looking like, like a serial killer board when I was trying to like plot the rotation minutes <laughs> and everything. That is not easy to do. One with some of the depth on this, and it's just finding minutes for this guy. But you think he's going to play? It's just it might be a little bit more sporadic. Yeah, and I wrote this in the piece. I think I, I put I gave Frank Jackson all of the, basically the backup point guard minutes, but I said you know I think it's going to be a battle, and I think it's going to go back and forth between you know Frank Jackson. You could throw Alexander Walker in there, Etwan Moore, Josh Hart. I think all of those guys are going to be fighting for those minutes. I think ultimately. Alvin Gentry is going to have to settle on somebody, and I think one of those guys are going to end up getting a whole bunch of DMPs, maybe somebody we don't expect. Uh, but I don't think you can play all of those guys, and I think that's the point I wanted to really make is that eventually, you know, they're going to have to make a decision. And once you look at that bench, uh, once you scratch off J.J. Redick, once you scratch off the backup center X, which will probably be Jaleel Okafor, once you scratch off the guys who are going to get the backup four minutes behind Zion Williamson, there's not a lot of minutes left, you know, and there's not going to be enough time to play Josh Hart, each one more, Frank Jackson, and Alexander Walker. I think uh, it's going to be a difficult decision, but I think ultimately somebody's going to have to get cut off, and I think Josh Hart has a really great chance to be that backup point guard, but I think 
Frank Jackson has a lot of the assets that they're looking for, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how that battle kind of settles, eventually how it all settles out between those guys. Which would, which might be a shame, I think, for fans because though he hasn't played a minute, Josh Hart with his, his Nola flip flops that he ordered right away, oh, they, his, love him. <laughs> they love him, right? Also, you've got like a, a almost a bit of a younger generation tuning into Pelicans games now too, and you have the guy who's out here streaming Fortnite and playing with other players. It's a <laughs> lot of fun. I won't lie. Look, I'm a big video game guy. It's great to see him kind of doing all that. He's a fan favorite without playing a minute. Yeah, and I think. That's what you want to see from these NBA guys more often, just being open and, and, and just letting fans in on who they are. Even if he isn't a big star guy, just, just being a guy fans can, can reach out to and they can relate to him and hear him speak and see, you know, where he's at in the city. I think that's a good thing just to have, just like you said, another guy who embraces the city as well. And I think David Griffin really stressed that in the, in the press conference, how Josh Hart really came to him and said, hey, I want to be on this team. I want to come to New Orleans. I want to take on this challenge. And, you know, after – Everything happened the way it did with AD. I think the fans were dying to have people saying that, that they wanted to play for the Pelicans, that they loved the city like New Orleans, and they embraced the culture, and they, they want to go out and have beignets after a night out and <laughs> stuff like that. And I think that's the stuff fans love, and I think they didn't get enough of that from AD, and that's something that they really resented about him, especially towards the end. And I think having guys that are the complete opposite of that, I think is great for the team. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, and it's it just seems like they're kind of starved for that. It goes even before that with with uh, Eric Gordon too, and his heart being in Phoenix. Yeah. So it's it's kind of been years of people, Davis, yeah, back then. not not embracing the team, wanting out. You know, Chris Paul embraced it, but still forced his way out. That still stings, I think, to a lot of people. So having a roster of guys that are really like buying into this is really fun to see for the fans, and I think that's how you build. A lot of people as fans for life and season ticket holders and everything that's going on. So keeping with the Lakers, guys, Brandon Ingram's probably maybe the most important guy coming over in terms of actual players in the trade. He's going to be in a contract year, uh, the final year of his rookie deal. New Orleans has a, a lot invested in him, not just for being part of the Anthony Davis trade, but you need him to play well because they're likely going to give him a very big deal this offseason. And it can't be mm -hmm. like an Eric Gordon type of situation where he just doesn't live up to that or you want to give him that contract because he came over in the trade and you don't want to lose pieces from that trade. You have him starting. I know this is a spot that's going to be pretty contentious too as we get towards the start of the regular season. You have him in the starting lineup over J.J. Redick. Is that for his style of play? Is that for a confidence thing? What made uh, you arrive at that decision? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of all of that. I think, you know, I think they just needed a little bit more length out there, just playing Lonzo, Drew Holiday, and J.J. Redick. I just felt like they were really small on the perimeter, and I think just having another long athletic guy out there is going to be important for that lineup. And I think just for Brandon Ingram, just like you said, they're, they're probably going to invest a lot of money in him next summer, and I think they want to really see what they can get out of him, and they want to see how good – uh, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson trio can be and how far that trio can take them. And I think they're really excited, obviously, about Drew Holiday and Zion, but there are some questions about, you know, what Brandon Ingram's going to look like once he comes back from this, you know, this blood clotting issue. How is he going to fit into this system? How is he going to fit next to the guys that are maybe going to take the ball a little bit or away from him more often? Can he be a guy that uh, is off the ball late in games? Would he rather be a guy that wants to have the ball, you know, late in games? Uh, I think all of those questions have to be answered this year, and I think 
he's a guy that I have a little bit more confidence in. And some people, I think it's crazy to uh, see a team add Lonzo Ball, but it feels like he isn't even the most polarizing guy on the roster. I think this offseason, it feels like amongst the pals Twitter that Brandon Ingram is a really polarizing guy as far yeah. as some people think he can be think he think he can be really great and some people say uh he's just a six man and you know some people think that he was the best asset they could have possibly got you know in AD negotiations and some people are like oh, I'd rather trade him away and it's going to be uh, very interesting to see his growth this season I thought he was great that second half of last season especially considering the LeBron James you know all of that's going on and he was still putting up 20 something a game you know he had a couple of huge nights against the, the Pelicans in the second half yep. of last year and I think uh, just in, in this system, uh, without all of the circus around him and just focusing on basketball, I think uh, Brandon Ingram can be really good. But he has some obvious flaws in his game, just like we said with Lonzo, that have to improve. And he's, if he's going to be successful with this team, he has to be a better three-point shooter. He has to be more consistent on defense. He has to stay healthy. And I think all of those things are going to be important. But if he gets it all together, uh, man, I, I think he can be really good. Yeah, it, it, he's also a guy who can maybe, if he does come off the bench or depending on how the rotation goes, can play kind of some of the backup point guard. Uh, the Lakers ran him as a point guard kind of a little bit. His facilitatings for, for a guy of his size in a point forward role seems like he could be a key to this team too. Yeah, I think when he had it, really had it going last year, he was one of the better pick-and-roll guys, I would say, around the league as far as efficiency, getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line. Uh, when he's playing at a high level, with that length and his ability to make those mid-range shots, he's really difficult to guard. And I think you saw him add a little bit of strength last year. He was able to to kind of hit guys on that on those drives to the basket and finish, you know, around the rim. I think that's going to be really important for him as he continues to grow to to keep adding to his core strength so he can finish, you know, around longer guys, around stronger guys, around the basket. Uh, but I think we, we already see he's he's really good with the ball in his hands, and he knows how to operate and pick and roll. And I think having that second guy next to Drew Holiday, especially at the end of games, I think it's going to be really important. And I think they want to give him those opportunities to make plays, uh, but he just has to figure out how he fits in with, along with these other guys. Yeah, so you mentioned end of games. He's I think you saw a lot, particularly in the playoffs this year, at the end of games, you need a guy who can get you a bucket, whether it's a guy that creates his own or has that three-point shot going. It seems really important. Ingram's one of those guys. Are they going to roll him out there in the closing five? Who gets kind of left out of that with some of the depth that this team has? Yeah, and I would add to what your point. I would say you need multiple guys. And I think you yeah. saw what the team like the Utah Jazz. I think they loved what they got out of Donovan Mitchell, but I think they ultimately looked around and said, we're going to need more than just Donovan Mitchell. And that's why they went out and got Mike Conley this summer. And I think to be successful, you're going to have to have multiple guys. you got to have Dane Willard and C.J. McCollum. Mm-hmm. you got to have Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. you know, you got to have multiple creators. And I think as good as Drew Holiday is, I think having a second guy next to him is going to be really important. And I think at the end of games, I will probably say that I, uh, it probably makes sense to put J.J. Redick in there over Lonzo Ball for obvious reasons because of the shooting, because uh, just the different element he brings to the offense. And I think uh, ultimately you're going to have the ball in Drew Holiday's most of the time anyway, Drew Holiday's hands most of the time. Uh, so I think just putting another shooter out there is going to be important. Uh, but I think it, it's going to kind of depend on the matchups because I think you would want to have Lonzo's defense out there on certain nights. Yeah, but I think uh, I think ultimately I think that the best finishing five they can go with would be Drew, JJ, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and Favors. I think that's probably the best five they can put up against anybody. 
Yeah, it's pretty well rounded. Unless they got what the WNBA did it, where they did like the hockey style line changes for subs. So maybe if they bring that to the NBA and go offense defense and just have Redick out there offensively and Lonzo out there defensively in the closing five. For once, they actually have the depth to do that. Uh, <laughs> the problem was they couldn't. They could barely get four guys out there they trusted last year. And oh they man, got like seven, which is gonna be crazy. No, it's great. Like it, it, trying to figure out the minutes rotation. Like I said, you're braver than I am for doing this. It's hard, but if you're New Orleans, this is a uh, good problem that it's hard right now because you haven't had this kind of depth in a very long time. So overall, you like these kind of things to try and figure out and let them be puzzle pieces for it all. So we'll see where they go with that. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans, part two of our conversation with Will Guillory, again, of The Athletic. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Will Guillory, and subscribe to The Athletic. It is well worth it. Get all your LSU Saints Pelicans coverage and any other team that you follow. We'll be back on Friday, part three of our conversation with Will, wrapping up Will Guillory week here. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all on Friday.